All right, and welcome back to Favorite Things for this uh, kind of dreary uh, weekend. Uh, a lot of folks spring break, um, which always sucks. Uh, you get spring break and it's always either cold or wet or both. And uh, you always think spring break should be a little bit more green, a little bit more warm. But this week it was kind of like, hey, let's let uh, people taste what winter's like just without the snow. Yeah, it's like last week we were in the 70s and it was glorious and now it's cold and rainy and yeah spring <laughs> spring is here screw you groundhog ah <laughs> uh, uh, great anyhow uh that's how we're starting the episode so lord knows we are starting with just the right amount of energy and that is to say not great so uh <laughs> So this week, right off the bat, did you have anything you wanted to share, or is this going to be one where I'll be driving? Uh, you'll probably be driving. Okay. I don't know. I was, I've been trying to think of something. That's okay. If you think <laughs> of anything, you just hop right in. All right. I will drive because mm -hmm. this week, in the worlds of pop culture and general Mark fandoms, it has been a busy, busy, busy week. <laughs> so I'm going to have plenty of talking to do this week. Uh, we're actually going to kick off today instead of coming with news we're going to kick off with uh what's good that we've been eating and literally consuming uh just because <laughs> uh i know you'll have something to say on that before i start absolutely dominating every moment of conversation with yeah. all the nerdy news of the week so let's start off uh we this week as you mentioned earlier we're on break so uh, we, we've taken a couple of excursions. We went to Huntsville yesterday to a yeah. tiki bar, and then today we went to our own in-town, uh, Marcy Joe's Mule Town. So why don't you talk a little bit about your experiences at one or both of those, and what'd you enjoy? What'd you have? So we went to uh, what, Fat Sammy's Tiki Bar. Fat Sammy's um, Tiki Bar. In Huntsville. And... So we got the fat fries. Am I ever saying that? Yes. Is that what it was called? Because I was calling it nachos yesterday, which it totally was not even close to. So. Yeah. If you were going to call it anything, I would call it poutine yeah. because it was gravy fries with cheese yeah. curds. But so we had that and they had it topped with an egg. And now anytime we have poutine, it's going to have to be topped with an egg. Yes. That was just something I didn't know it needed. Uh-huh. Um, they were absolutely delicious. Um, most of their food seems to have like an Asian fusion flair. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember, did those fries have an Asian fusion flair to it or was it just like poutine? Uh, some of the season, some of the seasoning on it was probably right in that wheelhouse. Yeah. Although I think it's more of, it's a tiki bar and it's, it's more of that Pacific Islander feel of environment and the drinks more yeah. than necessarily the food. Although yeah. the main dish we got in yes. just a moment uh, was more in line with that. So, but yeah, but their fries were like these big fat hand cut french fries uh -huh. that were fried perfectly golden brown and crisp. Yeah, perfect french fries. Perfect seasoning, all that. They, it was so good and some of them were probably eight inches long. Like, yeah. they were amazing and I'm like salivating just remembering them from yesterday. Yeah. And if, I'm not even hungry right it, now, but. <laughs> if you end up at Fat Sammy's and you order the fat fries, you either need to share it or you need to make that your meal because yeah, it, it is, big. it is huge. I'm pretty sure the plate was about 3000 calories, <laughs> but it was, it was really delicious. We've had poutine and I'll put air quotes around that. Um, when you're speaking, you can't really put quotes around something, but. <laughs> 
Um, and it, it's fine. Most of the time, if you order it, uh, especially here in the South, there aren't a lot of places that specialize in it. It's right. just not something people think of. But when we went to Fat Sammy's, this actually had real cheese curds in it. It had uh, a really great uh, gravy as opposed to a brown gravy. There's, I'm trying to remember the, the bent that their, their gravy had that made it unique. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to put my finger on it. I can't remember. Yes. And, it was somewhere between a sawmill gravy and... That's right. It, that's why you had mentioned that because it was more white, but yet it was still a little brown. It was closer to a sawmill but gravy it was than, still unique. than to a beef gravy, which is what most poutines around here come from. Yeah. But you had that, you had the fried egg, you had some hot sauce on it to, to give it yeah. a, a little bit of a bite. Just the right amount. Not too yeah. hot, not... Uh, not too light, but just the right yeah, amount. Yeah, I didn't find them spicy at all, but it had that just bite to it, that flavor. And it was the perfect combination of of fat and salty um, and, and chewy that equaled great bar yeah. food. Uh, I ordered an old-fashioned um, to have alongside of it, and it was really, really good. Um, if if you're looking for a place it was a rum old-fashioned as opposed to a, a typical bourbon old-fashioned but it um it was really good most old fashions you'll you'll get it most uh most pubs are going to be a little bit more watered down this was definitely more <laughs> on the uh on the spirit heavy side as opposed to the sugar water side so you um, got a lot of water while you're I, drinking it. I drank a lot of water alongside <laughs> of it uh, to make sure that I would be able to walk afterwards. Um, but it was a really good tiki bar, a yeah. really good experience. Now, as with most things right now at the tail end of a pandemic, uh, we're very cautious about where we go, when we go. Yeah. And so if we go to a restaurant, we like to go kind of during their slower time or yeah. during their dead time. And it, there was us and like, we were the only people at a table and then there was two other people that was sat, sitting at the bar. So there was like no one else in there. Yes. While we were there, no one came in. But the food was amazing. Then after the appetizer, after the fries. Yep, we moved on to the mains and you got a limited time. Uh, it was like a brisket, uh, what is it called? Brisket okay. ter teriyaki poke bowl, rice yes. bowl. That was so good and it had like a lot of fresh red bell pepper and um, I don't think there was peas in it. Yours had peas, but mm -hmm. uh, I, there was other vegetables. Oh, there's a lot of cauliflower in it too, which was good because I'm trying to eat more vegetables, but I think everything canceled out the vegetables. So yeah, um. like, like I mentioned, <laughs> like I mentioned during brunch today, just because you add all the vegetables on top of all the fatty <laughs> foods, it doesn't cancel out. When you order a Supreme pizza, you don't get <laughs> added points because you added all the vegetables no. on your pizza. You just had that many more things yeah. on your pizza. So, but it was it was really good. It was the, a very unique twist on, I, I guess, unique. It's not food that you can get around here. Um, it was amazing. And then you got a bowl. Yeah, I got the fried Spam uh, fried rice and it was really good. Um, it had a, it had an egg, soft boiled egg with uh, fried spam, um, a few veggies, including some green onions, and it all just mixed just right. Yeah. Um, if we are not doing it justice, highly recommend you look up Fat Sammy's in Huntsville. If you're ever in the area, uh, anytime between 11 a.m. and 9 p.m., uh, great food. Um, 
really good cocktails. If you're in the area, highly recommend it. If you're not into bars, then uh, you probably shouldn't be listening to us. <laughs> uh, anyhow. But I will say with your bowl, it, it, the menu said it came with a one hour egg. Uh-huh. So I was thinking like, kind of like what I've been reading about Korean sauna eggs, uh -huh. where they're cooked a really long time, like a hard boiled egg, but they're cooked longer, which causes the flavor to be nutty and the yolk to be creamy. Mm-hmm. But so if anybody were listening and they ended up going there and it says that in the menu, it was a soft boiled egg. It wasn't a, a, a one hour egg like I was picturing. It might have been a one hour egg, but not the one hour egg you were picturing. Right. It was, it was, uh, the yolk in the middle was nice and runny with the white completely done. It was what I've been dreaming about trying to figure out how to do a soft boiled egg that I have never been able to do. It's but all right. Anyway, it was delicious. So. And then today we came back home, uh, and we came back home yesterday, but uh, <laughs> today we went back to a hometown restaurant and just got some good comfort food at our local Marcy Joe's Meal Town. And you got the dish I got the last time. Uh -huh. It was so worth every last 43 points. Yeah, we got, <laughs> you got the stuffed French toast. Oh. And then I got the, I think it's Rory's overalls. And yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's. Biscuits and gravy with uh, eggs and cheese, and it's uh, it's really good. Um, if you have a cholesterol problem, uh, you probably shouldn't be going to Marcy Joe's. Just gonna tell you right now, uh, it is comfort food through and through. Yeah. Uh, if you've got a cholesterol cholesterol problem, you probably need to be on Lipitor, and you probably need to be eating more salads. Yeah. I will say this week, I'm not expecting to lose weight this week. <laughs> We've mm -hmm. been. I think I've eaten bad three out of four days this week, which have put me in the negative for the week. I get weekly points every week, and I, most of the time I don't even touch them. I might touch one or two. I get. I start off like 35, and four a day will carry over if I don't eat them all. But um, but yeah, I'm in the negative by 20 right now for yeah. the week. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not anticipating actually losing weight this week. If I could just at least maintain where I've been, I will be happy, but I kind of expected to be up a little bit on weigh-in day. Oh, absolutely. But it was, it's worth it. It's vacation week, so, you know, everybody gains weight on vacation, right? <laughs> I don't know that everybody does, but we have a tendency to, because our big vacation thing is we go, we walk around, and we find a nice place to yeah. eat and get something to drink. And that's fun, that's relaxing. Um, what's not relaxing is the week after when we're dieting and exercising a, a ton more to offset, but, yeah. uh, it, it's definitely when we're on vacation, it's not as big a concern. We still try to be reasonable. We try not yeah. to eat ridiculous every meal of the day. Actually, we try to eat very responsibly yeah. the other two meals of the day, but that one meal is, um, it's the comfort meal. It's the meal that, hey, it's okay that this meal, my points are gonna be ridiculous. Uh, tomorrow we're probably gonna end up doing uh, Chicago Express. Yeah. And at some point we're gonna do pizza because I'm a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle in a human's body. <laughs> but that's just, that's who we are. That's how we roll. And you know what? It's okay. It's a good yeah. time. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the nerdy news of the week. Uh, we're going to talk about the very first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+. And then our big top topic of this week won't be a uh, TV episode, but it will be the Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, <laughs> that came out this week. 
uh, which I thought might just get a blur, but I ended up liking a whole lot more than I thought it would. We'll be back in just a moment. And we're back. And to kick things off, I just want to say it is a great time to be a nerd. It is a great time to uh, to be engaging uh, either video games or genre fiction, um, uh, especially in a world right now where things are kind of crappy as far as race relig uh, relations or just general political climate. Um, the the area that you can when you come home and, and you don't want to have your mind constantly thinking about uh, the horrible, horrible things that are happening around. Um, and that's not to say bury your head, but that is to say at a certain point, you do have to disengage. Um, the favorite things that you get to turn to are plentiful if you're a person like me right now. So uh, with that in mind, uh, let me tell you about a few of them. Uh, so Xbox has just been on a tear uh, over the past <laughs> two weeks. They acquired Bethesda. Uh, it was finalized last week, as I, as I mentioned. Uh, and the day after their announcement, 20 new games were put on their service. Um, from Bethesda. Uh, the back catalog of Elder Scrolls games, the Doom games, the Wolfenstein games, uh, and then on top of all of that and many, many more, they uh, upgraded the performance on the newest consoles to where they ran at better frame rates, which is ridiculous. They're just running better than they ever have. And then on Monday, they announced that Outriders, a game that's coming out here in about two weeks, is coming on day one to Game Pass to anyone who's a subscriber. Uh, this is a game that I wasn't sure if I wanted to spend the money on it or not, and it's just a part of my subscription. Nice. I'm gonna be able to play it day one, not have to worry about it, just engage and enjoy. And then on top of that, they're putting old classic games like Undertale and, and others on there. Uh, the latest Star Wars uh, uh, Starfighter game, Star Wars Squadrons is, is out there now. And I'm just like, man, I've got more games than I will ever be able to play now just with this subscription service. If you have a PC or you have an Xbox and uh, you're trying to figure out what to play next, I highly recommend you get Game Pass. It's kind of the Netflix of games right now, and it's it's way too good a deal. It's just way too good a deal. Um, so if you've got that, engage that. Uh, on top of that, this week, uh, the latest update for Avengers dropped. Um, and my goodness, that is a game that I feel so many different ways about. I feel so <laughs> conflicted. The single player is one of my favorite single player games of the past year. Um, the multiplayer side is, uh, it is what it is. It's its not great, but it's fine. Um, but the, the base playing as these superheroes that you've enjoyed in Marvel movies, Marvel comics, Marvel cartoons, being able to play that just, it fulfills that superhero power fantasy um, of playing as Captain America or one of the two Hawkeyes or as the Hulk. And it's just such a fun game. And then them upgrading it for free to the new consoles. 
uh, them putting out free new content every few months. I I just enjoy it. It's <laughs> it's really really good. The new content's really cool. It uh, it moves the scenario from the base game was your kind of getting the band back together superhero story a lot like the x-men movies or the first couple of avengers uh the first uh the first expansion i i don't know whether to call it i don't know what to call it other than expansion <laughs> uh, starring kate bishop is is kind of uh espionage uh meets doctor who uh style story while the newest one is that post-apocalyptic time travel story uh, that is just super popular in comic book genre fiction. All that plays together into just, if, if you were like me growing up and you picked up your different toys of different sorts, you had your Star Wars action figures, your G.I. Joes, your Superman figures, and you're just banging them together all the time. Video games are doing that now, and it's it's so much fun. I mean, they released a Fortnite trailer this week where people from Terminator, Alien, uh, and Street Fighter are all fighting each other, and it looks like a superhero movie out of nowhere. <laughs> it's Right now, video games are the toy boxes of the current generation, and that's, that's very interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, but all that to say, video games have been crazy this week. On top of that, so that's one portion of superhero genre fiction. Uh, the biggest superhero release uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe since WandaVision uh, did its first episode with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier just midnight today, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then yesterday was uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. And so uh, we'll talk a little bit about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Not a lot to say. It's it's a pilot episode. It's mostly set up. Uh, but uh, after that, we'll talk about Justice League. But let's start off with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What did you think? Firing that up today, just maybe an hour and a half ago, we, we yeah. finished it right before we started the episode. What did you, what'd you think watching the episode? I mean, there's... Uh... I'm intrigued by what's gonna happen. There were some things I forgot about on like with like Captain America and stuff and you know from the last movie that I was just like, oh yeah, I forgot about this and this is what happened, but this is what everybody thinks. So just kind of jogging those memories and just piecing that into how it's here. But like you said, it's a lot of setup, so I'm like I'm excited to see how it goes, but yeah. I'm trying to figure out there's some characters on here that my first impression of is I feel like you're going to be a bad guy, but then by the end of it, I'm like, I'm not sure, and so... So, the setup for anyone listening who's not familiar with either the Marvel Cinematic Universe or maybe you're familiar with the rest of Marvel, but you're not sure what this TV show is about, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is set after Avengers Endgame. Mm -hmm. uh, the Marvel superheroes, uh, after suffering a defeat at the end of Avengers Infinity War, uh, they spent uh, the bulk of Avengers Endgame fixing things, uh, making everything right, turning turning a defeat into a victory. Uh, at the end of that film, uh, Avengers like Iron Man uh, and the Vision and Black Widow are no more. Uh, meanwhile, Captain America rode off into the sunset. 
uh, passing on his shield and uh, his legacy to the next generation. Um, this show picks up shortly after that, uh, the shield having been given to Anthony Mackie's uh, Sam Wilson, the Falcon. And uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, Bucky Barnes and Sam Wilson, are Captain America's two best friends. Uh, that Those relationships play out over the Captain America trilogy. And highly recommend those movies to anyone uh, who likes action movies or sci-fi or Marvel. Um, and if you haven't seen them, uh, go check them out. They're really good. Um, but this picks up and it's really dealing with, it's, it's an espionage TV show. Uh, it, uh, I was getting vibes of, uh, a little bit Mission Impossible, not a ton, a little bit Mission Impossible, a lot of Bourne Identity. Um, and, uh, it's... The Falcon is kind of the upfront soldier character, while the Winter Soldier is very much the spy. He is the behind-the-scenes soldier. And the Falcon, he has the burden of, he's done all this superheroing, but he's got a family life at home that hasn't really been working out. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, uh, the Winter Soldier was a programmed assassin uh, for the bad guys for a large number of years. He's also nearly 100 years old because they would thaw him out, use him, put him back on ice. Thaw him out, use him, put him back on ice. And so now that he's been deprogrammed from all this, he now has the memories of a lot of the bad things he's done. And so he's haunted, trying to do the right thing, trying to help people, but at the same time, just being on the wrong side of it. And through this episode, uh, the two characters, in spite of them sharing a title, have not met up yet. Right. And so uh, since, since the end of Avengers Endgame, they haven't really hung out. And so the two of them are kind of on their own paths in this first episode with Bucky trying to make amends um, with people he's harmed as the Winter Soldier, and Sam trying to settle into a new normal. He does uh, contract work for the U.S. government, uh, stopping a Captain America villain, uh, Batrock the Leaper, at the beginning of the episode. I said that he should really be called Batrock the Faller uh, because <laughs> he spends most of his time falling. Um, but... Uh, Really, really good action, especially for a television show. Uh, there are film quality stunts and cinematography in this that work really, really, really well. Um, and the end of the episode ends on a cliffhanger. Um, yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Um, because there are some of you guys who maybe you haven't gotten to watch this yet and the podcast pops into your feed before you get a chance to watch. We want you to have time to watch that. But the episode does end on a cliffhanger. We will address it next week, but today we're not going to. We're just going to say this first episode does a lot of heavy lifting to set up for what's going on in the Marvel Universe at this time. Uh, while WandaVision dealt with uh, Wanda's trauma and dealing with the loss of the Vision and finding out where she goes next. Uh, this is dealing with uh, things like uh, economics in the Marvel Universe. After five, uh, after, let's see, 3.5 billion people come back from being disappeared um, in the Avengers movies, uh, after five years, what 
happens? What happens to the economy? Maybe before you were able to get a loan, but now that 3.5 billion people are back, can you get a loan? Uh, what do the economics look like? What does race look like yeah. in the Marvel Universe? Um, and a lot of this uh, was filmed and, and even concept during times that were very, very turbulent. Even it's weird to think that somehow now is less turbulent than last year and maybe we're just frogging and boiling water and we're just used to it now but uh as they're dealing with all of those crises and they're writing about it uh they're coming up with the ideas that make this uh i believe it's either six or eight episodes i'm not sure which um of this show and how do you walk in that in a world of superheroes do you get paid to be a superhero well we found out this week no you don't get paid it's most of your uh compensation is based on goodwill because you did a good thing yeah. and sometimes doing a good thing doesn't pay the bills and that's that's a hardship that the characters in the show have to deal with yeah and then uh when you deal with legacy um do you trust the government or do you not trust the government and what's the what's the fine line you've got to walk those are questions that have been asked in uh, the Captain America movies and they continue to be asked and I look forward to how that plays out over the next few weeks but I enjoyed this first episode I'm excited to see where things go you were talking about characters you're not sure whether they're good or bad yeah. that is a staple of espionage fiction yeah. and that is a good story is yeah. is this guy a good guy or not and what is your definition of good guy uh just because they work for the u.s government does that mean they're a good guy is the u.s government the good guy these are questions to ask and sometimes especially in good espionage fiction you're not going to get a straight answer at the end of the day the story might not be about who's the good guy and who's the bad guy the question might be will sam and bucky do the right thing yeah as far as it depends on them and that might be the question that gets answered at the end of this and they might if it's anything like real life they might not do the right thing yeah and what do you do when you don't do the right thing the first time how do you come back from that so interesting questions i look forward to seeing what further questions and answers uh we get uh, we'll talk about that in the coming weeks as we talk about uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we are going to talk about uh, the 2017 movie that got released in 2021, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. We'll see you in just a sec. Okay, and we're back. And this week's big topic was not my intention to be the big topic for this week. Uh, initially, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was gonna be the driving force of discussion. Um, I legitimately thought that Zack Snyder's Justice League would be a footnote in our episode where <laughs> I said, you know, I'm glad we have that now and we've got closure on that chapter and uh, now we can all move on. And I'm sure there are some people who feel that way today. Uh, reading reviews of this version of this movie, uh, they're all over the place. Everywhere from uh, it's slow garbage to uh, it's a masterpiece and everything in between. Um, I uh, just up front, out in front of it, I absolutely adored this movie specifically the this version of this yeah. movie and uh i was taken off i was taken off guard 
how much I loved it. I fully expected to appreciate it, uh, even enjoy it more than the 2017 theatrical cut that we got in theaters. Um, I love this movie. Yeah. Um, so a little background for those of you who don't know, uh, Zack Snyder has was the helmer for a majority of the DC Comics films that came out between 2013 and 2017. Um, beginning with Man of Steel in 2013, uh, Zack Snyder started a film universe, shared universe, very similar to how Marvel did uh, between 2008 and the present day. Uh, he started a film universe with Man of Steel. Uh, the idea, the base idea that he, David Goyer and Christopher Nolan had was what would it look like for Superman to exist in our real world? And that's a very interesting concept. And uh, Man of Steel is a very divisive movie. Um, it uh, takes a lot of the light and uh, joy out of the superhero uh, in a way that feels uh, to people who grew up with Christopher Nolan or a lot of other versions of Superman, it it feels dark and scary and Superman is a frightening character and uh, Greg Miller of kind of funny uh, podcasts and video fame has put it best um, and it's it's a posture that since hearing his opinion I've I've kind of adopted as my own of this isn't the Superman or DC storyline that I want um, but I appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. And being able to separate my desire from what is has helped me gain an appreciation for what is. Um, these movies are certainly not what I would make. Uh, what I would make would probably look a lot more like the Marvel movies that we've received uh, since 2012's Avengers. Uh, it's, it's colorful and you have some serious subject matter to deal with, but at the end of the day, it's a comic book movie. Mm -hmm. And as I was watching the Justice League last night, I'm very grateful that we have two different approaches to superhero movies happening. Yeah. And there are some people who are tired of the series. There are some people who are tired of the comic bookie. I appreciate having a full spread. Yeah. Uh, I really like something that might be a turnoff to a lot of people. I like that this was... This was an R-rated, four-hour epic, yeah. um, as opposed to a two to two and a half hour uh, fun thrill ride. Yeah, and it was it was fun to me mainly because I got to see a different take on basically the same story. So if you watch the two of them uh, right after one another. The base story is similar. The base story is this. Uh, there is an alien force that wants to come to our planet, grab the MacGuffin. In this case, the MacGuffin is known as uh, the Mother Box. There are three of them that when they join together uh, will warp the face of our planet. That's the base story in both of them. And the superhumans, after the death of Superman, uh, spoilers for Batman v Superman, have to <laughs> join together and stop this force. What's different is how everything plays out. In 
the Justice League movie that we got in 2017, which utilized footage that Zack Snyder had shot, about 70% of the movie was reshot or kind of rearranged. And it was arranged into a almost exactly two hour cut. Um, the focus of the movie, the, the primary through line is uh, Batman uh, seeing that these aliens are hunting fear and trying to get the Justice League together. And the way that plays out because of bad CG, um, reshoots making Ben Affleck, who, who was going through some stuff at the time, uh, fluctuate in weight between obviously overweight and physically fit. Um, and tonal shifts left and right, you get a mess of a movie. And I remember thinking in late 2017, early 2018, when I saw it, I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, honestly, kind of in protest uh, of Batman v Superman, which I've already discussed. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing it and going, well, I guess that's that. And then I didn't think about it anymore. I remember seeing it and going, oh, that wasn't that bad. It wasn't that good either. And I remember walking away from it and not caring. And, oh, I... As I've thought back on that reaction to characters that I adore, I love Batman, I love Superman, I love Wonder Woman, I love The Flash. I wasn't really familiar with Cyborg at all. Um, and that cut of the movie, you weren't really familiar with him there either. <laughs> um, and I remember walking away from it and going, well, guess we're not going to get any more of those. Can't wait for him to reboot it and us get a good version. <laughs> and that was how I felt about it. And mm -hmm. And that was sad to me. It still is. I'm, I'm kind of sad and angry that that's, that's how I felt walking out of that experience. So fast forward uh, to last year. Uh, rumors had circulated, uh, even as the Joss Whedon cut of Justice League came out, that there was a Zack Snyder cut. He had talked about before leaving the film due to the suicide of his daughter uh, in 2017, very early, um, he had he had talked about his cut at that time was over four hours yeah and he was trying to figure out how in the world he was going to cut anything <laughs> and having watched the four-hour epic that resulted from that i see what he was talking about um you need all those pieces together to make sense of what was going on so here Filling in the blanks for, for you, the listener, um, especially if you haven't watched these. If you haven't, and and I want to be very clear, this movie is very much, whereas uh, most Disney movies and Marvel movies are movies I would recommend to most anyone and everyone, the DC superhero movies are so hit or miss for anyone watching them. You will love them, hate them, or feel some weird combination of both. Um, they, this is very weird to say, and, and I would, I think it might be controversial. Um, it might not be, but I, I think it'll be controversial. Whereas Marvel movies are pop culture that is very mainstream, that occasionally moves into artistic territory. 
the DC movies, with a couple of exceptions, uh, Suicide Squad being the biggest uh, offender, and maybe Wonder Woman 1984, um, they are they go hard in the direction that they want to go, and it's it's very it's very much to the view of the director or the producer. This is how I want this to play out. And so whether the film is a success or a failure, you are getting the, the, the vision that was intended most times. Justice League was an exception. Uh, Zack Snyder was removed. Roughly 60 to 70% of the movie that you get is reshoots and it changes the tone. Um, there's some stuff uh, in the theatrical cut that apparently the actors objected to. Um, there are allegations of racism and sexism mm -hmm. and sexual harassment. Um, there's a, uh, to give you one example, in the theatrical cut of Justice League, there's a scene where uh, the Flash trips and falls face first into Wonder Woman's cleavage. Oh. Gal Gadot did not film that scene. It was filmed with a body double um, because she objected to the scene. And in that movie, it feels out of place. Mm. Um, it was played for last, but it's kind of an icky scene. Um, in the Zack Snyder cut that we got yesterday, that does not happen. Yeah. And uh, giving the background on this, it, it's very interesting to, to think of my knowledge of it. So about 2018, uh, rumblings of release the Snyder Cut start echoing through the fandom. Uh, and those only get louder over time as Zack Snyder shares little snippets and storyboards of what his vision for the Justice League was going to be. Um, and it gets louder, it gets louder, it gets louder. Last year, 2020, we're in the pandemic. HBO Max is launching their service. Um, HBO Max is going to take over for DC Universe, which at the time was doing uh, DC Comics and DC movies and TV shows. Um, they're going to be showing most everything under the Warner Brothers uh, umbrella. They lack original content at the time. So Zack Snyder has this version in film canisters of his Snyder Cut. He'd shown a rough cut of it to most of the members of the original cast. And they were like, hey, we've seen this. We know it exists. It needs touch up, but it, it, it's, it's there. It's ready to go. Warner Brothers apparently reached out to Zack Snyder last year, and they were like, hey, what would it take for you to finish this? So over the past year, with $70 million, that's seven zero, <laughs> six zeros, uh, they finished this movie. Now, with a budget that's bigger than most independent films put together, and the director taking no salary, this movie was released. And for me, it was a triumph. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it in just a second, because I don't want to interrupt once I get rolling on <laughs> how I actually felt by characters and plot point, but this, this was what I wanted Justice League to be. Yeah. Um, I'll give you the elevator pitch right now, uh, and if this doesn't sound like something you're interested in, you can skip the rest of the episode. But the elevator pitch is, what if Lord of the Rings happened, but it was Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, <laughs> The Flash, 
uh, Aquaman and other superheroes. What what would that look like? And this film plays out like that. Whereas Justice League 2017 played very safe and 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 very by the numbers superhero story. This plays a lot more epic, a lot more violent, and a lot more interesting yeah. to me. So we'll talk about that more in just a second. All right, we'll get right to it. Uh, so yesterday morning, uh, March 18th, uh, first day of my, my break, I woke up uh, and I was like, okay, so they've they've released this Zack Snyder's Justice League. They they've split it into six parts plus an epilogue. I'm uh I'm gonna watch you know part or two of it, and then I'll I'll come back later. And I'll you know I'll take it a little bit at a time. You had no intentions of watching it with me. Well, first of all, I had no intentions yeah. of watching it beginning to end. Uh, yeah. In in a in a single sitting at all. Yeah. Um. It, I knew it was rated R, so I was like, yeah, Betsy's probably not going to be into this. It's probably not going to be her, her deal. So I turn it on, and I get maybe an hour into it. I'm like, man, I'm really digging this. And it got time to wake you up, and I'd gotten about halfway to two-thirds through it. And I was like, I think I want to take a chance and actually watch this with Betsy. And so I got you up. You got ready. Uh, we went out down to Huntsville, had a great time at a Fat Sammy's, and then we came home, and uh, we turned it on, and we watched the whole thing, and to my surprise, you were in. Like, there were a couple of things that you were going to do on your phone that you didn't because you were I was trying to do the in. grocery shopping, Yeah, and I just set my phone down because I couldn't focus on recipes and shopping lists while I was watching that. Yeah. And I don't, I asked you if I saw the original one with you and you said I fell asleep 10 minutes into it. Yes. <laughs> so, because I remembered nothing about it. And yeah. I'm like, did I watch the regular before and, or the original and, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I watched the whole thing with the, all four hours without falling asleep. Yes. So, and, what, what was awesome to me in, in this viewing as opposed to the original was everyone had an arc. Um, not everyone's arc was resolved in this film, um, but everyone had an arc. Uh, you had uh, Superman is begins the story dead. He he dies at the end of Batman v Superman. They replay the the moment where he dies at the beginning of this film, and that is the inciting incident that that causes the rest of the film to occur. Yeah. Superman is dead. The Earth's greatest protector is gone. With this being the case what happens to Earth. That's how the movie begins. Batman spent the entire last movie trying to kill Superman, um, thinking he was Earth's greatest threat. And then finding at the end of that film that Superman was Earth's greatest defender, he is now at this place where it has changed his whole outlook. His outlook where in the previous movie it was one of cynicism and we have to rectify this problem. Now he is, he is basically a convert he is yeah. he has decided hey this man was a good man we need to we need to fight for his cause and set things right uh, wonder woman is is dealing with being back in the public eye after being gone for so long 
uh, she it's her time to be a hero again um, it's her time to to finish the fight that she started in World War one that you saw play out in the 2017 Wonder Woman film. Uh, then you get to uh, the characters that really got their time to shine in this, um, and those are Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Uh, he begins his arc that will continue, albeit a little skewed, uh, in Aquaman. Uh, and he starts this as the reluctant uh, outcast of Atlantis. He is half man, half Atlantean, and he he comes into this movie and he's a guy who does what good he can but the rest of the time he's a drunk he you don't see him for about half to three quarters of the movie without a bottle in his hand and every time he encounters uh either willem dafoe uh or amber heard as the two atlantean kind of uh consciences uh to him He's like, no, I don't want to pick that up. He, he has the hero's arc of turning away uh, from the calling to greatness. He's the rightful king of Atlantis, but he doesn't want that. And that plays out really well in the uh, Aquaman movie, which is a really silly movie, but a really fun yeah. movie. Um, and, and was kind of a response of, at the time, Warner Brothers said, all right, we're done with dark superhero movies. We're going to make <laughs> silly fun ones. Um, but in this one, you get to see a hint of, at the time, the route that they were taking with the superhero. It was very uh, similar to the uh, the arc that Aragorn has in Lord of the Rings. Uh, remember before, I said that this film is superhero Lord of the Rings. So, yeah. Aquaman is kind of that analog for Aragorn. You've got, uh, you've got Barry Allen is a guy who he is at a dead end early in his life he's in his 20s he's working multiple dead-end jobs we meet him he's interviewing for a dog walker position uh, we find out uh, as he goes to visit his wrongfully convicted father in prison uh, that he's holding down dead-end jobs trying to help his dad instead of actually living his life and his dad is telling him move on man move on you're you're killing yourself trying to do this and uh, Barry gets a full arc through the movie um, where he goes from being kind of an irresponsible loner to working with the team and even settling down into, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm going to actually live a full life. Um, it's very similar to Spider-Man. That's one of the, the great things between those characters is it's this character who can't, can't seem to get his life together, but he wants to do what's right. And then we meet um, who Zack Snyder has called the, the emotional heart of his film. And I would agree. And that is Victor Stone, uh, the cyborg. In Batman v Superman, we see footage of uh, a Dr. Uh, Silas Stone, uh, who is also a major character in this film, trying to save his uh, nearly dead, held together by life support uh, son, who was nearly obliterated in a car accident. And we see Victor's life leading up to that moment. We see uh, after he has been saved and, and turned into the cyborg by his father, him struggling with his own humanity, struggling with his relationship with his father, and dealing with this new power. And the scene where he 
he scores the winning touchdown and then looks over and sees his mom clapping and smiles and then sees the empty seat next to her yeah. and starts crying. And making me cry again just thinking yeah. about it. I'm like, I cried through that whole arc, and that whole story part of it. Well, then he gets into the car with yeah. his with his mother and she's trying to talk him down. It's like, hey, your dad loves you. I know he's not showing it the way you want him to. And they have a fight and then his mom dies in a, yeah. in a car accident. And he resents his dad for that because had his dad been there, that wouldn't have been a thing. She wouldn't have been distracted trying to comfort him. It's right. And you get this, this arc there, but then you move on to Victor has this power. It's a it's a godlike power of he is connected to every network on the planet. He if he wanted to launch launch every nuke, he could. If he wanted to manipulate the banking system, he can. And you watch as he's watching through surveillance footage this woman who's a, a waitress making less than minimum wage and she's getting pennies on the dollar for the service that she's given. And she's giving everything she's got away, both to her kids and to a homeless guy on the street. And she gets evicted from her apartment. And she's got $11 in her bank account. And he he goes in and he he moves money around to where the, the ATM, whenever she goes to withdraw that last $11, it's like, congratulations, you won our contest. You just won $100,000. And you see it. This emotional arc, it's almost like a Pixar movie for this woman. It's its almost a short film within a film. Yeah. And you get this great arc for Victor of discovering this power. And his, his dad even narrates to him, Hey, the, the thing for you isn't going to be can you. The thing is, can you not? Can you, can you use self-control in this? And throughout the whole movie, it's Victor learning what he can and cannot do. And uh, we get this through line throughout the movie. When we eventually bring Superman back, the, the question is asked, hey, should we bring Superman back? Um, there's a cost. Anytime someone's brought back, something's got to be given in return. And uh, even as they weigh the concept of this, the, the moment when they're about to resurrect Superman, Victor sees a possible future based on their actions where this might cause the end of humanity. This might cause the end of the earth. This might cause a nightmare future that Batman has been seeing in his dreams. And we get all this play out. And at the end of the movie, Superman's back. The, the superheroes save the day. Um, and we'll talk about the villain in just a moment. But the question becomes, but what now? Uh, and I felt a lot more weight with the superhero movie. One of the things that Zack Snyder and, and the DC Extended Universe has been accused of is, is the weight and, and the, it not feeling like Marvel. And, and I think that's the fundamental sin of DC Comics movies right now is they're not Marvel movies. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Marvel movies are amazing. I, I have not seen a Marvel movie that uh, wasn't at the very least good. Um, some people will argue against me on that. I don't care. Uh, I will say that there is no Marvel movie since 2008 that wasn't at the very least good. Um, there are some that are not as good as others, but a vast majority of them are great. And some are even amazing. Yeah. Um, but 
with these DC movies, they're very different and they have a weight to them. And there is a there is a cost and a consideration that oftentimes gets uh, looked over and, and I enjoy this. Other people won't and that's totally fine. I really enjoyed this. Now to talk about the villains. Um, villains play a big part in this movie. Uh, Steppenwolf, uh, not the band, uh, the character uh, by Jack Kirby in The New Gods um, is, he is a banished brother of a, an intergalactic demagogue who has been tasked with conquering 200,000 worlds. And comic book, okay? Comic book. Uh, and he arrives on Earth and he is hunting down the mother boxes so that he can accomplish his goal of terraforming the planet and moving on to the next planet. Well, you come to find out in this version of this movie that um, Darkseid is his brother and I believe it's brother. It's either brother or cousin. Anyhow. I don't remember. It didn't specify. He's family. Yeah. Anyhow, Darkseid is the big bad, the Thanos of DC. And uh, believe it or not, Thanos is actually a ripoff of Darkseid in the comics. Interesting. Not in the films, uh, in the comics. Uh, both are creations uh, ages old, um, but both came from a similar concept. Uh, there's an alien race out there, um, and they, they're competing uh, against us and with us and want to conquer us. But in this film, we come to find out that Darkseid is the great big bad of the universe. And Darkseid's ultimate plan is to find what is called the anti-life equation and turn the galaxy into a dark place that reflects his will and heart. Um, and we've come to find out that thousands of years ago, the Greek gods, uh, the Amazons, the Atlanteans, and man, uh, and the Grand Green Lanterns all teamed together to fight back this force, and and today we, we're in the situation we are because they fought together. And we get this epic conflict, and whereas in the original movie, Steppenwolf kind of showed up and he would monologue about the mother boxes. It never felt like he was saying anything. <laughs> it never felt like there was any real depth to his character in that film. And in this, there's a desperation and a motivation in that he has been banished. He wants to get back home. He wants to be restored to his rightful place as second in command. And he... he when he calls to report back, he always has to report back to Darkseid second in command. And it's not until he reveals to Darkseid, hey, I found the thing you're looking for, that Darkseid will even take his calls. And this whole movie sets up an epic, grand conflict uh, that we may never get. Um, and I'm sad about that. Uh, the movie itself is complete. It, it tells a full story. Um, but I would love to see the next two movies that will likely never come out. Um, you can actually look up uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, 2 and 3 online, and you can find the stories uh, of what it, 
what it was going to play out as. And it is an epic hero's journey. Uh, it follows a similar structure to Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, where the heroes come together in the first act uh, to stop a grand evil. The second act, they suffer excruciating loss. And the third act is the return to uh, what should have been. And uh, at the sacrifice of some of the heroes. And all of this plays out really well, really epic. Um, there's some Zack Snyderisms uh, in this that people may not like. There is a ton of slow-mo. Uh, there are some... There was a lot of slow-mo. Uh, one of the jokes <laughs> I saw online was uh, if they removed the slow-mo, the movie would be two hours long. That's a little <laughs> bit of an exaggeration, but uh, Zack Snyder does that because he loves the visual medium of comic books and how in that slow-mo moment the screen replicates the comic book page and yeah. being able to take in the whole moment and i appreciate it for that yeah now now that you you say that because i remember there are times that i'm like okay we can get past this this scene has gone on too long with the with the slow mo, but now you say I'm like, well, I can appreciate that for what it is. I'm like, yeah. But there were times because it is a long movie, and yeah, I mean, I still I sat there and watched it, and I don't. Yeah. Know, like so far with these movies, I've been I hated Batman v Superman, and even with the new cut that you were talking about, you even said that you're not going to ask me to rewatch it because yeah, no, it's just not going to be my thing. And so I'm like, I enjoyed this, and in spite of the fact that I did feel like those slow mo parts, I'm like, okay, we can. Well, here's but, my here's my thing. I'll tell you right now. Batman v Superman is is a movie that I have an appreciation for. I don't love it. I have an appreciation for it now uh, that I did not have. Uh, specifically, the ultimate cut, the theatrical uh, cut, can kick rocks. <laughs> but I have an appreciation, not a love. With this movie, I have an appreciation and a love for it. Uh, in that, it is the conclusion to that story that I was hoping we would get, and I'm sad we did not get. Four years ago yeah. um i made a tweet at warner brothers i was like hey you messed up in 2017 and you should have released this and you didn't um <laughs> i'm like better late than never uh but this is my favorite dc thing that you've done in in the modern <laughs> era uh, again people may disagree with me uh the wonder woman movie pretty good um i birds, love wonder woman birds of i love wonder woman until the last 30 minutes um, Birds of Prey was a lot of fun. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is a mess, uh, but a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, that's the one that I was thinking about. Because that's the newest one, right? Yes. Yeah, that's one I, I really loved that one. I, was, I, don't, I don't really remember the first one very much, the difference between those two, but I love... So, uh, we'll talk about yeah, this later, but yeah. Wonder Woman 2017 is basically Captain America the First Avenger, uh, but it's Wonder Woman. Yeah. So it's it's very hard because the superheroes came out around the same time yeah. historically in the comic books and they do have very similar origin stories. And so when you bring them together, it's like, all we've right, done we're, this. we're watching the same movie. Yeah. It's it's really hard. Yeah, but uh, Wonder Woman 84, I I really love that one. And I, I know you didn't, but... It, it was fine. It was enjoyable. I don't yeah. regret watching yeah. it. It was, it was a fun watch. It just... It was one of those that I got to the end of it. I was like, that was kind of a mess. <laughs> uh, anyhow, yeah. uh, I say all this to say, if if you're even the least bit curious about Zack Snyder's Justice League and you've got HBO Max, watch it in parts. Yeah, watch it like a TV. They have it broken up for you. 
the the movie's broken up into chapters. Uh, it it tells a complete story. Uh, it if it doesn't make sense to you, that's okay. Yeah. Um, there are online guides that break everything down very much so, um, but it's it's fun. I I had a blast. Yeah. I, I had a blast watching it. I I don't watch a lot of movies these days because it's hard to pay attention and this movie fought for my attention. Yeah. I will say when you told me you were going to turn it on I'm like okay, I fully anticipated that I was going to be doing other things that I would watch it for 10-15 minutes and I would just start doing other things. Like I said I was trying to do the grocery shopping when yeah. you turned it on and um, play games on my phone, search through Facebook. I was just, I figured that for the time you are watching that I was going to be trying to occupy myself with things I like. Um, but I didn't. I sat there and I put my phone down. Uh-huh. Uh, I put my, my recipe book down that I was trying to get my recipes out of for my shopping list. And I'm just like, I'm not going to worry about this now. And I did my grocery order this morning instead. And, you know, it was, a. <laughs> I enjoyed it. And I know, and you know me, I don't watch R-rated movies. You yeah. Know, you, it's very rare that you're like, I really feel like you should watch this R-rated movie. Like, yeah. you don't even ask me. You always watch them before I wake up. And yeah try to have them finished before I'm out of bed but uh, that's just how much earlier you get up than me but for those who are trying yeah. to figure that out yeah um yeah you're four o'clock in the morning sometimes I don't understand it but um but yeah I for people who are like well I don't know I don't like these kind of movies yeah I watched it and that's saying that says a lot about it I think mm-hmm. the fact that I watched it and enjoyed it <laughs> all right so I'm going to tell you right now, not everybody's going to love this. No. This is this is not a slam dunk. No. Uh, everyone's going to enjoy this. If you're curious about it, check it out. It is it is a worthwhile look if you're curious. Yeah. If you're not curious about it, hey, guys, it's okay. You don't have to watch everything. No. And that's okay. Enjoy the things you enjoy. Yeah, there's way too many things out there for you to start watching something Ab- you don't like. Absolutely. <laughs> don't, don't just jump in because everyone else is. Guys, that's a good way to die. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if this is something you're curious about, if it's something you think you might enjoy, jump in, check it out. If you don't enjoy it, guess what? There's other stuff out there. But I, for one, uh, wrapping this up, guys, I had a great time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm hoping that in the near future, especially with streaming service like HBO Max, we get some more stuff like this. I'm, I'm hoping we get maybe a Ben Affleck Batman series or... Uh, I'm really excited about the uh, Ezra Miller Flash movie that's rumored. Uh, it's also rumored to have Michael Keaton back as Batman in it. Um, wow. Uh, where he's hopping universes. Uh, a, a fun little a fun little note. Uh, this past uh, 2019 Crisis on Infinite Earths on the Flash TV show, uh, Flash was trying to repair timelines, and he actually ran into the Ezra Miller Flash because um, they both play the same character from different uh, uh, different universes. But it it was a neat little statement on all the DC stuff that you've watched, whether it was Smallville the TV show or the 1990 Flash or this movie or any of it. It's all connected through the multiverse. It's just enjoy the thing you enjoy. Yeah. So. Guys, I had a great time with this. Um, I hope this podcast wasn't too much of a slog for you. Um, <laughs> but, man, I had a good time. I, yeah. it, it's, it's been a while since I've watched a movie I couldn't stop thinking about, and this was definitely one of them. Yeah. 
So yep. it was a good time. Guys, have a great week. Uh, we'll talk to you more next week about uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, plus whatever awesome news we're hearing about. And uh, I can't wait to share that with you. Until then, uh, keep enjoying your favorite things. Bye. Thank you.